0: What are you doing well, Attention, attention, my black brother. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to
1: see the waves glistening. If you got nappy here, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel.
0: Black boys, black boys. So do you shower at night or early in the morning? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I actually shower at night and in the morning. So I do both. Um, I shower at night because I like to. At the day, just dirty and all that shit in my head. And then in the morning, I sweat at night when I sleep. Um, so it just makes me feel refreshed and clean. <laughs> clean. But I, I remember. I think when, Well, yeah, yeah. I've always done that. I was like, I was trying to make up a lie and be like, I've only. No, I've always always take at least two showers, um, unless I'm like lit, and like I just go like brush my teeth and go to sleep. But for the most part, I always take a shower. <laughs> twice <laughs> a day.
0: So you, you've been doing that your entire life.
1: I've, to that I can remember because I I hate outdoors and I hate like bugs and all that shit. So like I, as soon as I step outside, I'm like, I, I need to come back in and take a shower. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah.
0: So when I was younger, I remember, I believe that I used to do my showers in the morning. I know people have qualms about that because they're like, oh, you're getting in the bed like dirty or whatever. Um, but it was usually just like being clean at the beginning of the day. And also like taking too many showers can really dry your skin out. I mean, we put lotion on, but still, it's it's fine because now I take two showers a day because of running. So yeah. if I um if I don't run in the morning, then I'll take a shower in the morning, run in the afternoon, and shower directly after the run. Okay. Um, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'll run in the morning as soon as I wake up, and then the first shower I have will be the shower I have all day.
1: Y- okay. Yeah. See, yes. yeah, that makes sense. When I work out, of course, I yeah, it's two minimum. Now I've done. I have took three showers in one day before. And that was, yeah. It was because I had like, I worked out. So I had woke up, took a shower, of course. And then I had like worked out in the middle of the day and took a shower. And then I went out. And then when I came back, I was sober enough to take a shower. (laughs) Yeah. But I always oil my ass up. I always moisturize. because I'm like, who are you taking all these damn showers? But yeah, I just can't. uh, I just hate just feeling dirty or just like, I don't even like when people like lay on my bed with clothes. Like, with their outdoor clothes on, I'm like, now nah, you got to
0: Yeah, oh, my God. So, I had never heard of that until college. Um, I, My friend Kay, she was really, really adamant about that. She's like, do not sit on my bed with outside clothes. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, like, who just has, like, you know, inside clothes waiting around? Like, sit so do couch. y'all just come home and then you, like change. Or you stay in the living room. Change?
1: I don't like I go in the living room and like lounge around in there, but like I when I'm in my bed, I'm not trying to wear jeans, anything of that nature. I don't feel comfortable. So like I have like a pair of like sweats or like a T shirt like somewhere I can just throw that on. But for the most part I'm like stay in the living room. It's so like, yeah. I don't
0: I don't own sweatpants. I'm not a sweatpant wearer. I never have been um and my loungewear is pretty much limited to my little um, bridesmaid robe that that I wear um, or like no clothes because I sleep in the nude Mm -hmm. so I almost, like, don't have a choice. (laughs) Like, if I were to have that rule, I would have to go out and buy a lot of loungewear. And when I tell you, like, I genuinely hate sweatpants, I've only now recently considered it because I have roommates and cannot walk around naked the way I want to. I do. I I do it, but they don't be here. (laughs) Oh, trust me, I don't
1: wear clothes. Let me tell you, I walk around this bitch naked. I am giving people shows around here, like, I'll just be like Cause I sleep naked now too So like oh, I Yeah see exactly Yeah I definitely just wake up And have a robe Put the robe on Run go to the bathroom Or I just be like shit fuck it You gonna just yeah. see what you see
0: If I can run to the bathroom really quickly Without putting clothes on I mean and a bitch like me I'll try it Like I definitely I just don't like wearing clothes So It's just I don't Sometimes I'm just like I don't want to put
1: these on It's just like Ugh yeah, <does>. All right, so what is up, everybody? It is your boy Lord Davree,
0: and I'm Derwin King,
1: and welcome back to another episode of That Black Boy Joy, where we create, uh, <laughs> where, we, where we create a space where black boys can be themselves and so much more. Yes. You sound, like a, you sound like a news reporter. The way, like, not a news reporter. You actually look like a radio host. Yeah, because I
0: finally got my shit together. Yes.
1: Shout out to you. I'm like, the way you sound too, Thank I'm like, you. come on. Yeah, girl, this in.
0: mic is actually it. Like, I, the girl got it together. You know, we had a couple bumps in the road, but mm-hmm. here we are, guys. I hope this is significantly more pleasing to the ears.
1: You've been good, but this just, the listening to you, I'm like, it's really, Chris. I love, you know, I have like, I feel like I have eargasms when I hear like really good quality, like podcasts yeah. or like audio. So I just like, oh my God. <laughs>
0: Welcome to 10.325 Jazz sounds all day and Oh
1: my god night. How are you? How are you doing today?
0: I am feeling really wonderful today um, I haven't done anything I did wake up with a hangover a little bit I didn't drink that much yesterday But it had totally hit me I had to drop my work computer off at the office um, And so That was around lunchtime I didn't really mm-hmm. eat lunch um, I might have eaten lunch, I don't remember eating it but um, so I went to D.C., you know, dropped the computer off, stopped by U Street, picked up a drink, went over to Omar and Jasmine's, mm-hmm. had said drink. Then I poured another glass of tequila <laughs> and then I poured another glass of tequila. And then we watched the other Belen girl. Shout out to Natalie Portman for that one and Eric Bonner and Scarlett Johansson. And I had a uh, glass of Riesling.
1: Oh, girl, <laughs> so, you was
0: feeling it. Didn't yeah, you? and I felt it when I woke up this morning. Yeah. Um, I tried to eat like some a quesadilla and some fries. I made it like a quarter through that plate and was just like, I'm not eating anymore. Do you prefer? Do you prefer like a wine hot uh, wine like? drunk or, like, a, like, liquor drunk? It depends on what the vibe is. Like, if I'm at a house party, wine drunk's kind of the best. But, like, Mm -hmm. if I'm out, um, it's liquor because if I drink tequila or something, I won't get, like, tired or I can always get the option of, like, a Red Bull. But I just feel like if it's not that, if it's not giving you know, super hype kickback where niggas are (laughs) dancing and shit. It's like, let's just stick to the wine. You know, wine is for a chill night. You're trying to wind down. Yeah, If niggas is ready to start popping bussy inside of the house, though, we're going to get the liquor going, you know? If I'm here with the roommates, they always got the liquor flowing because they're having a good time.
1: Yes. I love a good wine drunk. I just don't fuck with. I like. I think I'm just like. A, there was like a switch in my head. Like that. a liquor drunk is another breed, bitch. Like, yes. <laughs> I don't like to take shots anymore. Like, put it in a mixed drink. Like, give me it, not knowing. Like, hide that shit because shots now. Mm-mm. I'm a, I'm a bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I. So I had, yesterday I had a quesadilla as well. I had a veggie quesadilla with my friend made like a jalapeno salsa. I saw that. Amazing, bitch. It was amazing. It was so good. I was like obsessed with it. But um, yeah, I didn't do anything yesterday besides work. And then, um, yeah, I went over to my friend's house eventually. And then I've been catching up on like this show called Blind Manor on Netflix. Really good. Who's in the ball-headed lady? No, so if you've... Have you watched You, the second season?
0: No, I refuse to watch the
1: first. Okay, never mind. <laughs> have you watched uh, Haunting on Hill House?
0: Mm-mm. Is
1: that new? Uh, you No, know, it's not new. Just forget about it, because it's not people that's memorable. But... Oh, well. <laughs> There's not like, they're not like, the girl, so the main character in this one, she was in the second season of You, and mm-hmm. then also she was in the first season, of, or she was in The ha- the Haunting on Hill House, or The, Hill, ha- the Haunting at, of Hill House, so I couldn't describe her to you at all, because you didn't know who she was, but <laughs> I've been definitely just binging shows and... Relaxing and chilling. Last week was very busy for me, so I purposefully was like, I'm not doing shit this week. I was like, I'm not. <laughs>
0: okay, so what? What's up? I just got a text message that my Fenty Savage stuff just delivered. <laughs> we love to hear it. Wait, Wait so it know. just got here. Girl, yes. You know, I ordered it two <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> I signed up for the alerts because I was like, how the hell? It took them like five days to even prepare the shit for shipping. Oh the fifth was the first notification I got. Now, mind you, the fifth was 12 days ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't get another update until the ninth, which was, what, um, over a week ago? Yeah. And they that just was... started moving it about two or three days that ago. was
1: like last week, girl. That was not... Yeah, yeah it was over a week oh,
0: ago. Yeah. <laughs> I got... ordered it on the second. We, you sat and watched...
1: we sat there and watched it. and you On the it. second. It
0: took them, like, three weeks, three, four weeks. A whole, like, Yes, damn weeks. near a month, yes. <laughs> this is the second pay period of the month.
1: Mm. Well, you have it now, right? Yeah, it's, girl,
0: when we done, I'm going to go check it out. You going to try it on? I'm going to rock it for y'all because it's a little salacious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little salacious.
1: We go, you go rocking for the girls, you go rocking for your, your friends, your little yes, your men, and things of that nature. So
0: that is cute. Let's go ahead and dive into our Black Boy Joy spotlight, per usual. So mm-hmm. this one goes out to the youth, honey. I saw the youth doing great things and I was like, I want to highlight him. So Mr. Caleb Anderson is 12 years old and he just recently started his sophomore year at Chattahoochee Technical College. Yes. <gasps> yes, 12 years old and is in college. Come on. Um, so he's had a pretty extraordinary story. They had t- taught him, um, I'm pretty sure he can speak about four. Or f- no, I don't even want to limit him to four. He can speak oh, multiple yeah, he can languages. Speak languages. <laughs> um, he They started teaching him, his parents started teaching him sign language when he was um, a baby. So he could sign over 250 words by the time he was nine months. Nine months. <laughs> so he, yes. um, oh, he speaks Spanish, French, and Mandarin, and of course English. So we both yeah. Um, he qualified for Mensa, which is the um, largest and oldest high IQ society in the not the country, the world. Okay? The world, the world, and he qualified for this organization for this society at age three. Oh, girl, <laughs> come
1: on, black boy.
0: Come yes, on, girl, black boy. Eight fucking three. He didn't join, however, until he was five. So. Understandable. <laughs> According to what I read about him, his siblings are also very gifted. Um, His parents were like, very early on, they were just like, something's interesting here. So, of course, they went and, you know, had him see specialists and everything just so that he could, you know, officially be deemed um, gifted. But um, I just wanted to give him a a huge shout out for being an extraordinary individual and for representing for young Black boys. And just really like, you know, granted, A genius is a genius, a prodigy is a prodigy. So, you know, niggas is really born with that. (laughs) However, (laughs) I think um, just, you know, his parents really, really providing and really funneling resources to him and and really advocating for him is something that I hope um, young black boys can receive moving forward. I hope that parents can see that. Cause when, you know, when they asked him himself and his parents about The best way to sort of nurture that thing the parents were like you have to really love your kids for who they are and you Mm. have to allow them um to help tell you who they are as well and um i think they asked him specifically what his like advice was or whatever and he was just like you know just like live your life like it's Love your talents
1: Yes Come on Shout out I I with that. I love when parents Like start at a young age Like trying to um, Teach their kid Another language Besides English too Yes Like I really appreciate that
0: But you notice that People who are a little bit More affluent Usually have the resources To do that But the parents were like No matter what it is There are always resources And you just need to Listen to your kids And and invest That's the word I was looking for You need to invest In your children's talents So nurture Mm -hmm. those talents When you see them Very early on um, and so, any parents who are listening to this, uh, even if your child is not a prodigy, you can really help them on the road to success if you notice their talents very early on and nurture those talents. Make sure they're aware of them and make sure that they said that they teach Caleb to see the gifts and talents of everyone around him. Like, yeah, you're a genius, but like other people have contributions and they're also very valuable. And apparently, he's a really humble kid because of that. Shout out to him. Like, at 12, I know, right? you're saying college. I went to school with a 14-year-old. Like, that was a huge thing for us yeah. at Randolph-Macon College. It was, like, our freshman year was a 14-year-old coming in with us. Yeah.
1: I am curious, though, about, like, his social life, what mm. that would look like. Like, it's amazing that he's on this level, like, smart guy. Like, literally, I think about the boy and smart guy, but, like, even better, because he's in high school in college. But, like, just curious about, like, how does this affect his social life? I'm curious, like the scientific research or like the um, case study of that, because he's like he's grown he's grown up like his he's mentally way more advanced than kids at his age, but he yep. still is like externalizing like the, like a kid. So I'm like curious about that.
0: So um, I, I imagine that it would be an isolated um, an isolating experience. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, he seems to be pretty plugged in with. Um, Mensa and just overall like people who are prodigies, so perhaps he has other kids who are his age who also feel that same way Or maybe he's got I mean he's got siblings, so he knows how to interact with other kids Also, he probably does at some point just want to be a normal kid, so maybe it isn't particularly difficult Honestly like difficulties relating to other kids has a lot to do with how kids view themselves Yeah. Um, like okay, you're a little smarter than me or we can't relate, but I mean a kid is a kid, you know True Shout out to Caleb. I know, I know. I was just really excited reading that. Like, it made me so happy. Bro, at a fucking
1: three, five, and fifth, a twelve, bitch.
0: I genius was. at three, like no, no. <laughs> genius at nine months. Nine months. <laughs> Certified genius at five. Recognized genius I at mean,
1: three. Two over two hundred like words in ASL.
0: I can sign the like the alphabet and then like two words. Yeah, I watch Deaf You. I've been watching Def You. Shout out to me. that.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, I gotta start that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So, on to our hot toppings. <laughs> so, of course... We gotta know. stay
1: up to date with this show, y'all. We staying up to date with this.
0: Are you talking <laughs> about Real Hot Spice of yeah. Atomic? <laughs> okay. So, I almost even need a refresher about what happened. So, I think Candace and Robin sat down to talk and Robin basically told uh Candace that Monique was not taking any accountability that she didn't give a fuck about what happened and, and that it. Karen didn't hold her accountable right so Monique said she didn't care in the moment and I think she didn't have perspective and I would like to note that what I said about Candace not deserving what she got you well, come re- on was reiterated <laughs> by Monique's um pastor Past so, I, you know, I've been watching the older seasons of Real Housewives of the Potomac now, um, and I do think that Candace, and I thought this before, is a problem. She threw a knife at Ashley. Um, she has repeatedly picked at people and with mm-hmm. people um, in a way that made her a target. And she's also gotten pretty aggressive before. I don't remember who it was with, though. So. It was probably Ashley. It was,
1: it was probably with Ashley. Ashley. They're the same
0: level. <laughs> like... Yeah. Um And so that is to say that she's not innocent. And I never really, I never acted like she was. My issue was that there was nothing in that very moment that I felt like warranted Monique to attack Candace. And I was yeah. really happy to hear her pastor say the same thing, except the difference was he told her what her actual problem was, which was pretty obvious she was experiencing a loss of control for a number of reasons whether that be Sharice and those lies about her those lies about her and her husband or yeah. whatever or her cheating and then Candace you know bringing her around things not going exactly the way she wanted to candice was just house.
1: there and like Candace was just like the excuse. She yes. was the like salt in the womb. Yes. And that's what it happened. Like I was like fuck like I don't think that yes Candace we know she instigates she does all these things and by all means yeah de- it was crazy however yeah like i think definitely like monique just was like fed the fuck up with like just she a lot of things and just was like bitch i'm coming for you so yeah
0: and i i honestly it made me really happy to watch her really come to terms with that, with her husband and her pastor and his wife, Um, because I think that moment of vulnerability really came out and it showed that like, Monique probably did care that she Mm -hmm. had Candace. It was just like, she was seeing it from a a blind rage, but this is also why Monique needs help because, and this isn't to say like, oh, she's a nutcase or she's like volatile or she's dangerous, but she probably has a hard time dealing with her emotions. If you recall, she was being accused of being a alcoholic on season three, and she was drinking a lot. Um, And she was also very busy. But that's her problem. Monique had, is a perfectionist. And she really wants to be perfect. But yeah. the reality of that issue is that you will never be. It is mm-hmm. not possible. And she's a great and ambitious woman. But I'm sure that that nagging, like, I can't be perfect thing was, has probably been eating at her for <clears throat> quite some time. And also, I realized, like,
1: her and... Karen's relationships are the most like I don't want to say normal, quote unquote, but just on the external health, exterior wise, they look healthy, which is like another thing that she probably feels like she has to like keep up with is like making sure her situation at home as well, and then also her image and like whatever too. So I think that's like a lot of pressure, especially on TV, and you see these other people that have unconventional, untraditional relationships, and we see it we see it unfolding on TV. Yeah. Um, whereas hers, we don't see it like spiraling or just like very much taboo things or unconventional things happening. So that's another-
0: In her life. Yeah. Well, so that's a really interesting thing too. Um, oh, I also just wanted to say that I really have a lot of respect for Karen. Um, I think they're upset with her telling Candace that she would press charges, which she probably would. Wait, but I was also- so surprised by that. Like I was literally gassed. When did I, she tell her to press charges, or did she say she would press charges?
1: She said she would. I think okay, I so that proves <laughs> right. But it was like, but to me, it was kind of weird because, like, when you were with you were with Monique, and when you were talking to Monique, you were very much like supportive, I don't say supportive, and on her side. But you should have like at least said that shit too, like Monique too, like girl, like if I was in that situation, I would have like I don't know. To me, it was like really like left field. Because I didn't see that coming from Karen at all Karen at
0: all. I don't think that she was being messy when she did it. I honestly think that Karen was telling the truth because I can tell that she's a little impartial on it for the most part. And honestly, like my instinct would have been to not go against one person so like while i think that monique needed to be be, needed to be held accountable i don't think it would have been fair for everyone to be on candace's side and not you know take into account what monique's experience was so i appreciated um, karen for not jumping quickly to candace's side knowing that wendy was a given she was going to be there anyway giselle doesn't even like monique so she was going to be there and robin's basically going to be anywhere that giselle is so <laughs> she is. She's a follower. Child, no, she Robin gotta think is a she follower.
1: Gotta, Robin got to take care of her situation.
0: The tax baby. issues that she's about to run into this next episode, girl. How you go for? Uh, never mind.
1: I'm trying to. I'm just like, how you come for somebody else's fucking finances, and then lo and behold, your finances aren't put together too.
0: But see, that's the difference about Robin. I think is she's just like, look. You have one financial problem. You've had them all. <laughs> yeah, cause you <she> keep. <laughs> this ain't. This kind of brokenness ain't new now. That ain't no new shit for Robin. Miss Robin came in broke now. She like needs the show. Go out broke. She needs the show. She does. <laughs> but Karen is my bitch. Really love Karen. I, I like watching the old seasons. Has made me realize that Karen's biggest issue, the one thing that is troubling about her, is that she's delusional.
1: She the just doesn't. Dom.
0: Yes, she's just very grandiose. Um, but like she doesn't typically start issues between the women. She's very often trying to quell the issues between the wel- women. The only pre- people she really has an issue with are I guess in the earlier seasons are Ashley, Ashley. and Giselle, but Giselle is just a constant issue for for Karen. It's just yeah. really interesting.
1: But the thing also is I, watching last season, her grand comes from, like, she made it out of the small city. Yes. She made it out of that small town.
0: Surrey she, County is small as fuck, Davry.
1: Yeah, I didn't know I had a all. friend from
0: Surrey County. Yeah,
1: yes. so the fact that she made it out of that, she married rich. She, I think that's what, like, makes her that grand dame. Like, that very much, yeah.
0: Let me tell you that me and Omar were watching it. It, we we both have that friend in common and mm-hmm. so you know karen's light-skinned her cousin is also light-skinned so we're looking like you think oh uh, you think our friend is like related to anybody on here and i was like i should ask him but i forgot to that nigga texted me the next day and said anybody tell me my cousin made it on the show <laughs> I
1: was like bitch he didn't know
0: he and karen are not cousins but he and karen shared the the fine-ass cousin the fine yes. cousin that was there the little. Yep. Mate, that's my friend's cousin Surrey County is very small. It's very, very small. It's like if somebody from the Eastern Shore was on television, chances are I would know who they were. And if I didn't, somebody I know does.
1: Girl, (laughs) I'm interested. I am.
0: So let's segue into another television show we love.
1: We love to talk about it. One
0: more episode. One more episode. Oh my God. Is tomorrow the last one? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to watch it on time, honey. Girl,
1: it's a lot, bitch. This show has been going on for, I feel like right off the bat, they just gave you so much content. Yes. Like, <laughs> the first episode, it's like, how do you recuperate <laughs> from that? And every episode, they've maintained the momentum. Yes. And it's also brought in just new things. You're just like, bitch, what? And I'm curious, too. This is supposed to be a miniseries. So I'm curious about if this, will rene- if this will be renewed and if it is, what, what comes about.
0: What do we really need for a season two? I mean, if they, like... If they don't wrap it up in a way that, like, completes the story, then we know that they're probably waiting on a season two. I don't particularly need one. I've really enjoyed the story for what it's been. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of critiques about it on Twitter, which is completely fine. Like, they're probably really valid um, critiques, but, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> don't. That's why I'm like, girl, let me enjoy this shit, bitch. No. Oh, they don't have to let me. I'm going to let myself. <laughs> I keep seeing critiques. People are like, "Oh, the show's not that good," and I just like, I scroll. Like, and I might even mute them motherfuckers because who gives a fuck? Yeah, like, nobody I don't, cares about your op eds right now. Yeah, I'm like,
1: girl, this is this is pretty good quality for TV right
0: now. I personally like, enjoy it. I love I enjoy it. Black people and supernatural shit. So, that on its own, it was good enough for me. I really understand that they feel like Black stories are being exploited and that is completely fine, but I just don't care. I don't, yeah, I'm like, I, this isn't, first of all, this is a thing that has not
1: been ever tapped into, which is very much I enjoy. It's not mixing, thoroughly. It has not been thoroughly like supernatural and Black, like in like this era, yep. like racism and supernatural yes. shit has not been tapped in. And I fucks with it. Like, I literally, when when they brought up, who are you most afraid of, white people or you know monsters, bitch? I was like, girl, I said this a this a, a toss up. <laughs> like Is that
0: not a synonym. I don't right. It's like it's <laughs> a toss up. Like
1: the for us, so it's very interesting, and they also putting putting it in a time where this shit was just so blatant and just so, even though it's blatant now, but like just more aggressive and just mm. more, just like in your face. I just like. I'm, I just love it. Like, I don't, like, I, there was moments when I'm just like, ugh, I hate that we're talking about racism, and ugh, another thing about slavery or something, <laughs> but I don't feel that with this. Yeah, this, I mean. These are heroes.
0: I agree. <laughs> and I, I saw someone say um, that, you know, the show villain is Christina, but the actual villain is um, Montrose or whatever, and I was yeah. like, no, is the Christina villain the is villain? white people. Is no.
1: Christina the villain? I didn't no. think that.
0: White people are yes. the villain in the, the show. The police.
1: The police are the villains. The, ta- it, the
0: It's literally racist white people that are the villains in the show. Literally, yes. that's it. I don't know that there's any other... Even if you look at the monsters, if you look at, you know, like... What people, monsters? Not you... Think if you look it. at the Jigaboo's for the last, for the second to last episode, or you look at those yeah. like the little monsters with all the eyes on their heads, like sure they're like scary or whatever, but like they're really just devices used by the actual villains who are yes. the, the white people.
1: White people. <laughs> I'm like the Jigaboo's did not come about until they fucked with Diane. The fucking monsters didn't come out until like the Christina summoned them. Right? The
0: ghosts and so. and like the ghosts that were there. Like the only reason that they even existed was because a white person tormented <laughs> them. Like it's just there. It is very clear that Christina is not the uh, the damn villain. She just now, has power. She may be some form of an antagonist, but she's actually really... I'm sure she's got some grandmaster sinister plan, or at least selfish plan. If it's not sinister, it's selfish. Mm -hmm. And I don't personally dislike Christina. She's assisted them in many different ways. And I'm sure that, like... She's doing it for her own benefit, but I don't yeah. think it's fair to just call her a villain. If she is a villain, then she's certainly a nuanced villain in a way that I have not seen in quite some time. I think of her as an anti-hero
1: because she yes. has a connection. Oh. She definitely has a connection with them. Like right. they call on her when they need things or when they need a cure. So like I don't think of her as like a pure, I don't I didn't even cross I couldn't figure out who the villain was besides white folks. Yeah. Like true. I literally was like, Christina is a minority in a some sense. So she just wants power to be respected as a woman, um, in a space. However, she does she is white and she does have privilege. So it does contrast with like all these other things. But like, yeah, I think Christina, like, she has her own demons and she I think she's human. Like, even though she cannot feel empathy and she had to go through all that shit to feel it, I feel like she still has a humanness to her. Whereas the police, because every time I see the police on this shit, I'm just like, girl, I don't these niggas is my like they don't have no human in them in they
0: bones. So I was really surprised that people were upset about her having to go through the physical um, motions. Um, uh the like the grotesque things that Emmett Till had to endure when he was murdered. Um, because I totally understand the frustration of, you know, people feeling like, damn, you have to do all that to empathize. But like, I was just Why satisfied. Do- it wasn't a black person. I had to watch that happen to yeah. and, like, I was watching her get her ass beat and I was like, this is okay for me. Like yeah. I'm okay with this.
1: And I think it also symbolizes how white people literally have to go through shit to
0: finally realize it for
1: with us. That's how white supremacy works. I I, I I don't
0: understand understand. why do we want why not why do we want but why are we expecting white people to behave in a way that is different than the way that they have behaved? I don't understand. I, you know what? Let's move on. Mm -hmm. We love the show. One more episode. We're gonna talk about it next week, per usual, girl. I know <laughs> that you are excited about Ariana Grande's new album coming out this month. <laughs> <laughs> <Where> was-
1: <laughs> girl, you don't know how I'm excited.
0: Girl, you already know. Like, I the the moment that she tweeted it, I was like, "Oh, this bitch ain't playing with us." Girl, you we deserve. Somebody tried to, oh, girl, didn't you just come out with an album last year? And I was she like, did Rihanna two? not do this for like a strong like 10 years? Ten years. Like, she just Rihanna was, was album, after album after album after album after album after album. And she only just now started chilling the fuck out.
1: Rihanna just literally is on her ninth, right? She's on her ninth. We're supposed to be getting her ninth.
0: So her first <laughs> seven came year right. after year after year.
1: Girl, Beyonce has only, I think, like, five or six right now.
0: We're waiting on B7.
1: We have a wait. We fucking... Wait. Ariana is... Ariana went on nine.
0: Brandy had her B7, named it B7, before yeah. Beyonce could get hers done. And we may not get a B7 from Beyonce. Nope. We may not. Nope. We might get a compilation or a best of at this we, point. We At this fucking
1: point, is like, bitch, y'all got the black... Y'all got black as king,
0: bitch. I've given you... Uh, a compilation album for Lion King I've given you a joint album with my, my husband. husband I gave you six albums of my blood sweat and tears bitch. prior to that I gave you what three Destiny's Child Yeah. Albums?
1: also I gave you all fucking visuals for like every song on fucking three albums yeah bitch like y'all will be okay y'all gonna marinate y'all and, and I'm gonna and tours I'm gonna give y'all the same music bitch with a reverb that's what y'all gonna get I'll take it my mom. But I but Ariana Grande, I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I am just living. It's just something about her music to me. I do, however, I would love for her to tap more into R&B. Oh my god, Omar said the same thing. I've seen- We have seen her be able to do that on yours truly, her first album, and also the Christmas album, EP. Yes, We see that she has that potential. She also has Victoria Monet in her fucking back pocket, right hand. So I need the same energy that you give yourself, Victoria, you need to give to Ariana Ariana. at some point. Because I know, girl, you need to save some shit for yourself because you did give (laughs) us like an album with only four new songs and you probably was writing for
0: yeah, I don't know why Ariana. she... And they were good. Like, I I want more from her. Yeah, because we already had uh, the singles. Part. I need we a second part them. of that album. Uh, we need... That's exactly. too.
1: That's but what. yeah, I am excited. I'm looking forward to this. I really just am like really wanting to know What my girl is going to give us whatever she gives us. I'm gonna be fucking mesmerized by. I... <laughs> I'm gonna just be bitch. If she gives me a whole fucking pop album, bitch, I'm gonna still live for.
0: Her. Yeah, I will. I would just be a little annoyed. Omar yeah. called it um, R and B. He said it better be R and
1: need. She has that. And uh, what I say always to people is like Ariana can do R and B. She can do it. However, she cannot. Elude uh, the like feelings like a Jasmine Sullivan or like a Fantasia, of course, when they sing. Cause my mind said, listen, hear me out. They have the raw talent and emotion and they have the way to make the song sound good. Either if they, regardless, if they yelling if they fucking losing their voice, they give you R and B like Keisha Cole. Ariana has the fundamentals. Yeah. She has the rudimentary skills to give us that, but I don't see her like, ad libbing a lot during like you know I don't see it happening like if she did a live R and B song girl I don't see her like breaking down or any of that so
0: I feel that I'll yeah. take that I think that's a hundred percent
1: she got the she got the like um she got the spark notes she has the spark notes but she doesn't she doesn't have the experience <laughs> so and that's how I felt with like Mariah Carey however I did get into Mark Mariah Carey had the I think I also agree with that with Mariah Carey as well too she had the spark notes version of like R&B But she she could do it And she stuck with it And people are just like Because she can't dance She can't do any of that So
0: No she can't She
1: gave us that And was consistent With R&B With Ariana Grande That's not the case
0: And you know what The girls though They have historically Not really taken Too kindly to her R&B songs Like I've seen people Be like They prefer a lot more Of the pop songs Than they do Like sweet Was received well Because of like It's sort of like Trap adjacent beats And
1: thank you, next. Thank you, next was definitely trap adjacent. (laughs) Definitely, you know
0: that that wasn't my favorite. So I I don't even go back to listen to it.
1: I go. (laughs) I listened to it literally. I think yesterday I drove back home listening to that. Yesterday, it and the thing about it is like I do want her to like get get back into quality music because right now I do think that she. um, I don't want to say I do think she's being very lazy. Right now, in what way? I just think that she like she's not giving me a lot with her music. It's very much like yeah, like it's very much talking. Like there's yeah, no like, and I'll there's take no like, that. She's not like breathing is a really good like, just like she's big and she's giving you like a moment, a moment. But I don't hear that in a lot of her songs anymore. It's very I'm talking to you.
0: Well, when you yeah. say anymore, do you mean in Thank You Next?
1: Thank You Next. I can't think of a song on Thank You Next where she that, performed where she performs I Imagine. love ghosting I mean yeah but I I can't see her doing that live either like even <laughs> if she did it live I can't see her doing that live like needy very good um I love ghosting I love in my head I love the like R&B the like the vibes with it it just I don't see like when I go back to like her first album like when I hear um <laughs> baby i I don't really mm-hmm. right there I don't see like those moments I mean I do love um her second album would definitely, my everything. It
0: was Truly. Oh, my, my everything.
1: everything, sorry. Very yeah. much when she gave us, this is the part when I I go to the club,
0: bitch. That's not even
1: R&B, but I'll go in.
0: <laughs> oh, there were some hits. My friends and I yeah. still like bop to that whole album. Only
1: I, I mean, only, yeah.
0: No, that only is one. actually, to me, only one to me is her yes. best song overall. It's like, so I R&B. <laughs> her best song ever. I don't know a song that I love more than only one. I just don't.
1: Yeah, when she performed it live, I was like, it oh was very God. much r with the black dress. Oh my
0: God, I watched that. I actually, when I listen to the actual song, I, I sing BBC. the BBC version of that mm-hmm. performance. She did so well, and the audience, I like watching them, because there's this little white girl, she was like... Yeah. Yes, uh, it's,
1: it's, Which, it's good. It's She is good music, I love her, She. I'm ready oh for God. what she's about to drop, she's been hinting to shit, so... Thank you, Ariana. I need to. I need to be up. I need to get the music. I want to hear her do some more interviews. I need to hear. I need to hear her live. I need to hear some new shit. I'm here.
0: Wow, she does need to do an interview. Yeah. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation today. So I really wanted to take some time to talk about something. Oh, really quick. Brilliant. Sorry. Ooh.
1: I've saw, shout out to also. I've seen so many like gay marriages on my, on my Twitter feed. Yes. I wanted to just name that. I love seeing that. I'm super excited to see that visibility. Gay men getting married and being unapologetic with it. So many different variations of it. I love it.
0: I actually saw a lot of that on my Instagram because I follow a black gay black weddings and mm-hmm. on page as well as like gay black couples. And I have seen an influx of those pictures like recently. I've had yes. a lot more of them recently than I had before. Yeah. So I just want to say that I love it. I love spreading that joy. Yes. Yes. Continue on, girl. So I was talking to um, demone uh, Williams. Um, and uh it was on twitter he had m- tweeted something and earlier before he had tweeted i was having a conversation with my best friend to about this um and that is the subject of consent um and what that looks like um what that looks like in general and then on a more specific note what it looks like in the gay black um community mm-hmm. So I, I first wanted to talk about what we understand consent to be um, and when we first had to deal with the subject of consent. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh yeah, consent is, I've, I think I've always been awkward around consent um, and not in the face of like, I'm afraid of it. It's just like, I got to the point where I over communicate in these spaces And specifically in our community, I definitely feel like that is a very weird thing that people, like, have noticed is, like, you're asking, is it okay to do this or is it okay to do that instead of just acting upon it? Mm -hmm. And that that throws me off because, like, I... I have a lot of anxiety and shit. And I always think about like, damn, was this really something? Like, okay. So just being honest, I want my partners to enjoy what I'm doing as much yes. as I want that to be that. And if That's you're a- just saying sure, or like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a turn off. To- like not saying yeah, but like just sure. Like, I guess not it's engaged, tu- not engaged. And then also making it seem like you're forced into this. It makes me very uncomfortable. And I want us to, um, un- like, un like, unregister that from our heads or like just unprogram that because it's definitely a problem to me in interactions with people i definitely don't want us to feel like we have to do something if we don't want to do it or if we just don't feel comfortable like being comfortable naming that and i think it's very much an uncomfortable thing for me because like if if i will ask do you want to have sex I won't try to be foreplay it. I won't try to like stick it in. I will literally be blunt and be like, oh, okay, do you, are we doing this? Yeah or nay? If we not, boom. But I've seen so many guys and talked to so many guys that are like, I don't want to do it, but I still, I, be, I still lay down. And I see that with women as well. Like it's more casual with my friends, my female friends to just be like, yeah, I didn't want to do it, but he wanted it. I'm just like, why don't y'all just say no? Like, what is the problem? And we talked about that before, but it's like, really, why do we just feel like we have to lay
0: down? Well, when was the first time that you had to engage the topic of consent?
1: Well, I didn't have a partner until my senior year of college. And that—that that, I think that was the first time that like, I had to engage in like, okay, we're we doing this.
0: Even mental, well, I guess I really mean mentally versus physically.
1: I think it was just like conversation, like, so I think media more so. I think it's just like seeing a lot of conversations about rape or just a lot of people, like, specifically going into like college and high school, seeing like people in movies getting drugged at work, dr- like, getting drugged yeah. at parties or like getting, I think, watching Degrassi. When uh, Paige was getting raped by the guy, oh, I'm sorry, that word ooh, was being assault, sexually assaulted by the guy at the party, and then like her like starting to like be like it's my fault and things of that nature really bothered me. Like the, it's the psychology of it, the mental part that really fucks with me. It's like you start to not blame yourself. So I think like early on, just seeing it heavily in media and also CSI um, SVU. <laughs> um, always watching or watching that as well my my grandma just like seeing it happened to a lot of women and just like the defensiveness yeah. that came with that or damsel in distress was something that I was did.
0: consent to me was always tied to you know men and women because i mean you know we grew up in a heteronormative society yep. so the old the whole conversation about sex is typically between um it's usually heteronormative as well Um, So, you know, I knew that um, sexual assault was a thing, of course, I knew it was wrong, watched a lot of SVU as well. The first time I had to actively consider myself um, in relationship to it was in college when they sat us down at matriculation and gave us the facts about um, consent and about, you know, what the school's regulations were about handling potential sexual assault um, cases. Mm -hmm. Um, I I did want to, before moving on, read um, what Planned Parenthood defines consent as. So sexual consent is an agreement to participate in a sexual activity before being sexual with someone. You need to know if they want to be sexual with you too. It's also important to be honest with your partner about what you want and don't want. Consenting and asking for consent are all about setting your personal boundaries and respecting those of your partner and checking in if things aren't clear. Both people must agree to sex every single time for it to be consensual. Without consent, sexual activity, including oral sex, genital touching, and vaginal or anal penetration is sexual assault. Um, And then apparently, I don't know if you've ever heard of FRIES, but I saw this a couple of times across the internet. It's an acronym um, for consent. So the F in FRIES is freely given. The R is reversible. The I is informed. The E is enthusiastic, which you have explained. That was like one of the first things you said. Mm -hmm. Um, And then S is specific. So I'm assuming that's to whatever actions and however those actions are performed. Um, So you said something that had stuck out to me about wanting to have sex and not wanting to do it and then doing it simply because the other person does want to do it. Mm -hmm. That was actually one of the first times that I started looking at my own relationship to consent is because I was sitting down one day and I was like, you know, I have had sex with men that I didn't, want to have sex with like I was in my brain I was like I don't really want to do this but I didn't verbalize it yeah. um and I almost didn't even really like behave like I wanted to do it like I didn't want to do it I just didn't I wasn't enthusiastic about it right and it's interesting that you have already mentally prepared yourself to to look out for that because the men that I've had sex with and I wasn't enthusiastic about it never really noticed
1: yeah yeah I can't, I can't get my dick hard when it's not, when I don't, and when I, when I feel like it's not consensual or something that you don't want. And when I said, when I said the word, reason I did air quotes is because like the not consensual is like you not sure. Like to me, right. if you're not sure, that's not consent. To me, I no, was right. like, if you're not even, if you question it, I don't want to do it. And I can't really get romantically involved because I'm literally starting to think, I think a lot about things. So it gets into my head of like, wait, like, what are, what, I don't want to, I don't want to just do this for my pleasure. Like, I see, I look at sex as a reward and as something that's pleasurable between people that are deeply in love. And I don't look at it as something that is just like, we just, we just doing it just to do it, you know? And I think that has happened. And I'm being honest, I think that in our community, it has been just like, just something that's very casual. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I, I, I respect that. Like, I'm not judging. However, when it gets to the point where you're, you're numb.
0: You're talking about sex for the, yes. for, to be clear. Okay. Yes. I just to make and sure. Sex.
1: Yeah. When it's just numbing and you're just doing it, just, I have people that, I know people that are, that use it to deal with trauma. Yes. You know, they deal with it to like be distracted by their life, what's going around. And I don't that to me is like it, it it's taking the value of it away and it's the importance, you're risking all these things. But yeah, it's it's very uncomfortable to me if I'm like trying to enter, engage with somebody and I don't know if they want it. Cause then I'm thinking like maybe if After we're done, you start to second guess it. And then I feel bad because then I'm like, damn, like I put you in a predicament that you didn't even want to be in. And then I'm like, what? you know, like it's just like a a whirlwind of like unnecessary things um, unless we both like want this.
0: So um, it's funny that you specifically talk about our um, community because that's specifically how I would like to engage um, Mm -hmm. this topic. Because I can't speak. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's hard for us to talk about it outside of our own community. Mm -hmm. But I think that we also just don't have the conversation about consent in our community enough for um, like the young people. Um, So I I was reading this article um, on taylorandfrancisgroup.com and um, and it refers to a study done um, and published in the Journal of Sex Research. Um, And it says that they did a survey of about 350 men. Um, 78% of them reported various issues around consent negotiation, while 64% of um, them described instances where some form of unwanted sexual experience occurred. So these findings highlight the complications that can arise from a reliance on nonverbal approaches to negotiating sexual consent amongst mm-hmm. gay and bisexual men um, or men who have sex with men, um and these scripts are constructed based on societal norms and ideals around sexuality so i guess to say that because we are a little bit more liberated in talking about sex this is a lot of what our pride identity is about like you know being taking pride in how we do engage sex and um being a little more free because we're not constrained by heteronormative mm-hmm. um ideals so i think because of and the fact that we're men um and they we're typically i guess prone to being more sexual because we're men
1: I guess. yeah
0: evolutionarily <laughs> right? Like, yeah <laughs> what you um, said there's a belief then in our in the gay community or in the lgbtq plus community that um sex is wanted all the time and you know we do have spaces like bathhouses or you know cruising spots mm-hmm. or wherever where people engage with sex each other with each other very liberally um and the belief that you're present in those spaces makes people think that your consent is a given. And I've heard people discuss this. I've personally never been to a bathhouse, but I've talked to a lot of people who have been yeah. and they discuss there being a complication about being there and not necessarily wanting to have sex with the person who wants to have sex with you in the sort of like difficulty there may be around saying, I don't want to have sex with you or what, how they react to it. Um, and I, I, feel, I know that you're not like a hookup kind of guy but i'm curious if you have hooked up before yeah and then what that experience was like for you um if you have ever done it and then or like prepared to and then was like I don't really want to do this anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I have had this happen. I think one like clear version of a hookup happened and it was an absolute fail. Ooh. Um, and it was just because like, there was no, like I hung out with this guy once, like for like an hour. And then there was one time he texted me like real late and was like, Hey, come over. And I was like, um, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to come over. Then they sent, he sent me something that was very revealing and pressure be naming name in it i felt pressure to do it um and went over there and did not execute because it was too not romantic it was too very just cut and dry and that's not something i do mm-hmm. and after that i was like hey i apologize like if that's that's not what i do and the person never responded to me like like Put, put me off like shit I didn't execute and it kind of hurt me but another time was like I guess I, I would say another time was I hooked up with a friend that I had like knew like it was we we were friends we had built some form of a relationship and we hooked up one time me I tried to like have it something I was reoccurring but they literally was like no I'm good and I got to the point where I was like well fuck it like okay I kind of wanted it to be something more but it ended up just being a hookup, yeah. but yeah, those I think I've had the only versions of hookups to me was like I've built some form of a relationship, minus the most recent one um, where I came over and then like the person was like, "Let's get to it," and I was like, "Oh, what?" Oh. <laughs> but in any other form of re- of uh, hooking up, I've like knew the person, I've hung out with them more than once.
0: Like, so like, you f- feel safer in that? Is that what that? I about? feel safer. I feel I yeah, I feel safer, and I feel
1: like. It's not something, like, you genuinely want to, like, have sex with me. You want to do this. You, like, like me as a person. Like, the experience will be more beneficial instead of it just being, like, I need somebody just to get my rocks off, you know? Like, it just, to me, it just makes me feel like this is something both wanted, and this is something that we both, like, and also, I'm very observant. So it's the way that you interact with me, the way that you like when we're in each other's space, like I just need more time to engage because I'm not a person like on the first date have sex either, too. Because I have like, like I said, I question a lot of things like, does this person want to do this? Does this person want to do that? So I typically wait until like at least a second or third in- in instances, There's been moments when I felt the energy <laughs> with somebody.
0: <laughs> I've got a question about yes. that experience, though, because I think this might have something to do with it. Those instances where you penetrating or being penetrated penetrated i'm penetrating (laughs) so i as a person who historically is um penetrated Mm -hmm. um that conversation shifts a little bit um because this is a an implied passive position um and you're not necessarily going to throw your ass on a dick Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um but you you, (laughs) can't like once you've already done it right but like and this isn't to say that it's impossible but like you're more typically going to find people penetrating without, you know, consent than you are going to find someone, um, doing the other, I don't even know if I should say that. I'm going to take that back. My experience, because is I was... I yeah. from. Okay. my experience has been the way that it's been because I have bottomed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've had, experiences where I thought that I wanted to do it at the beginning and then I changed my mind Um, Mm -hmm. but this is tied to how I meet these men Um, and I really want to have that conversation specifically so I um, the first man that I ever interacted with sexually or romantically um, as an adult was from online Mm. Um, because I'm from a small town. I wasn't accustomed to meeting men, deciding I like said man, and then, you know, like, figuring out where to go from there. And this is true for a lot of gay guys um, who didn't get a chance to explore sexuality or even dating as children. Mm. You know, um, straight people get that benefit of just stumbling through their romantic life as a child. So by the time they get to adulthood, they've learned a lot of lessons, um, including some of the complications around consent. So, um, you know, I, I started on dating apps, which are basically hookup apps. And at some point, what I learned is that, you know, if you're deciding to get with someone, you're typically agreeing to have sex with them, you know, while you're messaging them. Yeah. Um, and so that had become the way that I initiated sex. And that meant when I didn't want to have sex with someone, I didn't think that I had the choice to take back that consent. Because I had already agreed to meet up with them.
1: And I don't I disagree with that too, because like you knowing somebody virtually is a different experience than somebody person like in person. Like you can be attracted to what the person is saying or what they're alluding to but when you meet them in person and it's not that same energy. I feel like you definitely can be like, this is not what I expected. I'm uncomfortable, I'm gonna leave.
0: Yeah. So the other side of that, because you're 100% right, and honestly, in the back of my brain, I totally understood that I had a right to not want it, right? Right? The issue had become, however, that I was afraid because then the nature of meeting someone online is dangerous. Like yeah. we know that people, you know, do grinder hookups or they'll do jacked hookups or Adam for Adam or whatever. What was that one? Scruff? Um, yeah. And people have gotten robbed or murdered off of those things, mm-hmm. right? So, and these are men. And so they may be a little bit more sexually aggressive, but men in general tend to be a lot more aggressive or overpowering. Yeah. So I would often find myself in situations where I was like, i don't want to do this but i'm so terrified to say that i don't and i've even had an experience where i did tell a man that i didn't want to and he was so angry that he had to like leave the room oh my god yeah and i was just yeah and that's
1: that's valid and i want to name like the way i am saying like you should step away it's not that easy in certain spaces like even with me and i was penetrating i still felt the person was irritated to so like even yeah. though i just told you like no and i still got pressured into doing it and then i like ended up not doing it i still feel like the person was like irritated like because i tried to but i'm not gonna lie <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course they have a right to be disappointed right or like you know they may be frustrated but yeah. i think it it creates an interesting environment to to be sort of aggressive in that anger when someone just has decided they don't want to have consent consent is kind of scary like, the, the issue really is that, like, there are cases where consent is not verbally withdrawn because, you know, a person just doesn't, and this is the the inherent dangerous nature yeah. of hookup culture, which is a very much a thing in the LGBTQ community. Um, but, you know, it, it gets really tricky sometimes. And I can say that um I've had way more experiences than I would like to, uh, that I'm, you know, proud to admit of being in that situation. Yeah. Um, and it is the sort of downside of of engaging in hookup culture, but I'm not going to shame us for engaging in, in hookup culture at all. And I think this is why we don't have this conversation publicly is because, um, and I read an article in Guardian that was talking about this. Um, and they say, you know, like, we we don't want people to look at us and be like, see, we were right. Like, you know, these like super sexual people are doing some immoral things and here are the consequences of it, right? Um, especially since we know that sexual assault happens, um, a lot in the straight community. So Mm -hmm. it's not even completely valid to say that it's unique to us, but it is less discussed because we don't talk about this stuff when we're younger. We don't learn about what gay sex is like as, and it's not, not even just the action of gay sex when we're younger, but just the, the politics of it, like the, the nature of discussing sex, you know, saying, okay, you know, you do need consent for oral and you do need consent for like a BJ or whatever. Um, and I feel like I didn't know, I didn't know that it was an option to get up and go until one of my female friends was like, yeah, I do that all the time. I'll just be like, uh-uh, or stop in the middle of sex and be like, I don't like this. Yeah. Because honestly, those are the other instances for me. I'm not enjoying it. Like I'm in the middle of sex and I, I don't like it.
1: And, and that to me is like a, a mind boggling thing specifically with somebody like in you penetrating yes. you and you're not enjoying yes. it. I feel like that's the worst experience. Like oh, like it is. You're being jabbed. <laughs> in a
0: it is. Right. Someone was like, you know, sex is not supposed to be painful. And, yeah. you know, you watch a lot of porn or whatever. And, like, for me, I was like, you know, I'm a man. I guess I'm supposed to be able to take some of this pain. I am. have seen people enjoy pain during sex. I don't.
1: Yeah. I also go back to the conversation specifically to their, first of all, men at younger age were pressured into like, if you messed around with a woman or things of that nature, you were made a man. And mm-hmm. I'm even thinking about like Boosie was like, I think on one of his pages was like not forcing, Hared but like insinuating, worker. yeah, hired a sex worker. And I think it's a different mindset than men because it's this proving our manhood is the more mm. important thing than us not wanting to have sex like it's just us like okay i've done this i got this out the way I, bada bing bada boom like i even can name i did that i try to do that in college and it just the only reason that it did not work it was because the girl said she was on her period mm. i literally every every male on our floor had a girl me oh i want to be like every other nigga, get a girl i hadn't had actual intercourse with a female before and I was like, okay, I'm gonna prove my manhood and things like that. And she like, and I'm glad she said that because I was, I didn't want to do it too either. So it was like pressure. But I think about that too, like this mind frame that men have is like, I had to prove my manhood to do this, even though I didn't want to do it. I had to like this rite of passage, and it's like, mm, yeah, let's talk about that.
0: The last time that I had an on, un- on, un- un- excuse me, an unwanted sexual experience, um, we had already gone like two rounds um, and he came twice. So that last one, I was kind of like, this is really painful and I don't want to do this anymore. Girl, that's a long time. Tap out. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you don't like it, you're like, oh girl. (laughs) And and, okay, and I liked it at some point and then I just stopped enjoying it. So I know I was like, you know, I'm tapping out, I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, he just kept going. And um, I just was like, okay, I guess I just got to like deal with it. Right though. Right. And like, yes, in the moment, and no. your mind does what it, your mind kind of does what it needs to do to survive that moment. Right. And you don't necessarily, because it's not violent or it's not, um, it's not cut and dry. Your mind tells you that you haven't been violated. Um, and then you do talk to other people about their experiences and you realize that like, you know, you, the wishes you have for your body have not been honored. Um and the problem with that is you teach yourself that people don't have to honor your body.
1: And yeah, that's that's a problem. That's the thing that bothers. Is like to me, is like you. Tr- it's like you're not treating yourself with the dignity and self respect yes. that you should. Um, you're you're giving that to somebody else. And yeah, it's yeah, it, it,
0: yeah. I'm, I mean, and in sex, you do you do give your body to someone. But else, can but, but you
1: have to but I'm always like you have to want like you want it like with me I, I tell my partners I'm like I am down <laughs> be honest I'm down for what whenever when but I, to be honest I'm not always like there's moments and I'm like I'm just fall asleep or something but like I'm like you gotta let me you gotta insinuate something to me like mm-hmm. you because I'm not about to be like I can kiss on you I can do that but like if you're not feeling it I'm like I need you to like press up on me or something like that like one of my partners was like you should know or if I'm not saying anything, you're good. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that doesn't work for me because if you're not saying anything, there's so many things that can be left to the imagination. Like Mm -hmm. I, to me, I think that's another thing. Some guys are like, well, if I'm not complaining, if I didn't mention it, but I'm like, would you even have mentioned it if if not? So you're saying that, but it's like, no, this is like a cop-out. This is like a way for you to just like do it. And then lo and behold, Fast forward, I found out when we did it, it was like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to do it for you. And I was like, yeah. uh, which is see? not
0: fair to the person. And, and and what's interesting about that is, especially since I know how you approach sex. It wasn't like this some was some one off stranger. This is somebody who, you know, you have a rapport with yeah. and who trusts you. Yeah. And even in that moment, didn't didn't think like, you know, I don't want to do this and I have a right not to do it. And but like. Where do we get this mindset that like in order to keep someone around, we have to have sex with them because Society that's too yeah. the
1: pressure. Cause it, people yeah. people say if you're not gonna do it, somebody they're gonna find somebody else to do it.
0: Yeah. That's such an unhealthy mindset. It is.
1: It is, but it it that is true. And the thing about this, if somebody else is willing to leave and go somewhere else because you don't want to do it at this time that is perfectly that I feel like that's that person is not worth it and I can even think about like the first time I actually even was interested in being penetrated it was the first time we hung out like well not the first the second time we hung out and I wasn't prepared I didn't think that this was going to go to that but I was enjoying the moment and the person was trying it and I was like wait hold on let's stop I got I wasn't prepared and they were like, well, do you want to do it to me? And I was like, mm, no, because it just kind of ruined the moment. And I was like, well, we can do it. We can try and try to get,
0: like, do it the next time. Girl, you know this person blocked me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was like... I mean, that's how niggas approach it, though. Like, and then you're like, well, did I do something
1: no. I was like, did I do something wrong? I was like, damn, should I have just done it then? But I was like, I know because no. I've been embarrassed. Right, right. And embarrassed. And I was like, I wasn't comfortable. Like, it, to me, being penetrated you have to be comfortable at a point. To me, you have, like, if... It's, it's, you do, it's, you if you're going to gonna enjoy it. Yeah, this is do.
0: honestly why I like to empty out, because at, at that point, my brain is... I didn't realize until maybe, like, half halfway into my sex life that, If I know for a fact that I have nothing inside of me, I can relax a lot more. Mm -hmm. And so I will let, you know, and the more relaxed you are, the more comfortable and more enjoyable anal sex is. Just Mm -hmm. so everyone knows that douching is not just about being sanitary or, you know, avoiding embarrassing moments. It's often so that you can calm down and really relax yourself, relax your body so that you can enjoy the sex as well. Yes,
1: when you know that you are... Together, it'll just make you feel comfortable. I even have another person. I was like, um, I was like dating. I would say, and they wanted to do it. They wanted to fuck me, and I kept trying, and I just was not. I wasn't. I, I wasn't just. I wasn't ready. And the person would be so mad. They would be just like, you just are wasting my time. And I'm like, I can. I apologize, right? I'm like, but it's not that easy for me to like. I have to check in. I can't check out. I I can't. You know, I have to be all in. And if you're not reassuring, if you're not making me feel comfortable in that space too, then I don't want to do it. But yes. it's I, it's it's that it's that thing too. Like it's just the uncomfortability. Like I've just seen too many men and women, but specifically men, do things just because they because they feel like they have to in our in our space. And I'm like, bro, like fuck, like damn, like now we yes, like oh, we got to do this. Like and it's like that's not the case. We just like, it bothers me, but but I've it's, also had those insecurities. <laughs> like, fuck, I should have did it. <laughs> it's,
0: it's really, really interesting um, because, you know, when we had this conversation on Twitter, um, there was another individual had come to terms about the number of times that his body had been disrespected. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, that's when I started thinking about the sort of messages that we internalize that make us think that we have to allow people to do whatever it is that they want to do to our bodies because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like sexual it doesn't overtly look slash feel like sexual assault which Mm -hmm. was interesting because this is something that they talk about in um they talk about i may destroy you and i may destroy you thank you They talk about the various different ways that you know sexual assault happens and i i I don't (laughs) remember if a couple episodes we talked about this a couple episodes ago i don't couple, remember but i just know we no, talked we about did, bisexuality we, yeah. yeah we
1: talked about that but then also the way that they did it on that show was also like you can see him questioning himself yes because like it was right after sex it yeah. was right after the right and then the person right so i was like wait like that can happen like it's yeah. like bro okay like i wanted it the first time but then the decade- second and then you start and- to be like
0: he didn't even he didn't penetrate him when he sexually assaulted him that was not penetration he frauded him he he laid over top of him and he just like ran um grinded against him without a condom that's what he did was he, that
1: was that like was that minch was that or was that cuz i'm like making sure was that so
0: like- yeah it was it was I wasn't sure when I watched it happen, but it was once they got into the interrogation room, once he got into the interrogation room with the police officer, and they were asking him questions um, about what happened. And as he explained it, it didn't sound like he had been trigger warning raped, Mm -hmm. Um, but he had been assaulted because it was sexual contact that he specifically said he didn't want to do. And, you know, it was done anyway. And because yeah. it wasn't penetration, it was taken as if it was not sexual assault. But that is the definition of... Sexual assault is, or excuse me, trigger warning. Rape is a form of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, But sexual assault can mean a number of unwanted physical connection. Um, so... So yeah, um, I, I thought it was interesting that the way that I learned about you know, my own relationship to consent was conversations with women um, about how they were handling situations um, of unwanted t- contact, and they were a lot braver than I have been. And, I, and I, I kept asking myself, what is it about me, and what is it maybe even outside of me about gay men that we feel like we have to take things that we don't want to take? We have to do things that we don't want to do because I know a number of gay men who have also had sex when they didn't want to, um, and maybe they didn't even realize they didn't want to. Maybe, maybe the conversation inside of their brain about consent was really complicated as well.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just this is, um, wow, um, yeah, sorry. You're right. <laughs> I just think I can also, like, vividly, not vividly, but, like, hear, I think, one of my relatives, um, in a relationship with a man that they did not want to be in, mm-hmm. and I I have, I've had, like, flashbacks of, like, my cousins being okay with hearing it, and...
0: Oh, wow. Is this, like, um, spousal?
1: Yeah. I, I don't even think it was, I think it was, like, boyfriend. Um... Mm-hmm. And I was not comfortable. I was, it. my mom, like I called my mom I was like, I need to go. I don't know what's happening in there but it sounds like something else. And my mom had to confront the my c- cousin and they were like, oh, he's lying. And that's not what happened. But I was like, That that's a lie. Like I was very wise enough to know very certain things you know was happening that shouldn't have been happening and my cousins were so numb to it that they're like oh they're just playing yeah and i'm like that's not Uh, playing
0: it's horrifying
1: so i i I think about that a lot because i think that was one moment that i was like this is some like and then the person said i lied and i was like didn't lie and it's just like just thinking about that like like i got like people would, like, dip, diminish themselves and say that, like, oh, no, that was, I, I wanted that to happen. I was like, from what I occurred or what that moment happened, that was not, so, Again, that made me think about that, yeah.
0: Your brain, um, and this is for emotional survival or just, like, overall coping, it will um, sometimes tell you that things happened in a different way than they did, um, and this is why... A part of the reason why consent is such such a layered topic um because it it changes it's a consent is a living thing it it really 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 does change um and your body for the sake of you surviving something emotionally might or your brain might tell you that things just went differently like yeah i, I did want this and you know, maybe when I said I didn't want it, I was just, like, confused. Or maybe I was just, like, nervous, you know? Um, and you've, if you've ever watched the scenes of this happening, you might see someone's body go limp. This is something that I've, I've, I've personally done myself. That, um, that
1: is the most scariest thing to me. I've seen that happen in so many movies where you just see the person submit. They're, yeah. They don't fight anymore. Yeah. They are, like and I'm to me I'm like you have just literally and I'm like damn I'm like you have literally just gave that to somebody and it's crazy well they took it um yeah sorry.
0: it's like it's okay yeah. and, and and that sort of limpness that 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 freezing is to try to minimize the damage like if I think back um And it was a very quick thought. I think it's like, if you are willing to take something that I didn't, that I, I took, I told you I didn't want to do this anymore. If you did it anyway, then that shows me what type of person you are. And maybe I'm not entirely sure that if I fight back, it's something that I'm going to walk out of here alive with simply because you are a person who, despite me showing you I didn't want to do this did it anyway. Um, I think I just need to be a little braver. And and this is probably true about a couple of other people as well, who just haven't imagined how strong that they are Um, Mm -hmm. or, or given people the benefit of the doubt. Um, And I'm not saying that for everybody. And I'm not even saying that for anybody other than me, really. I don't necessarily, let me, let me find a new way to say this. My friend told me that her, in her experience, she has just made sure to say it and say it loudly. So the first time, oh, you didn't get it, ow, you're hurting me, like, and and to say it in such a way that now they have to actually confront it, yeah, um, because not everybody is akin to um or abreast of how consent works. Like, you are, are very aware of the, its layeredness. You yeah, understand like that even person is it, unenthusiastic or even, they
1: Right. Even during, but, it, I'm going to be
0: like, you good if it hurts? Yeah, me. not a lot of people know that. The, a like, lot of people don't. Yeah, I'm like, nah, since... So it, it becomes accidental in that way and that's a, I think that's part of why um, I really wanted to have this conversation is because I know that most a lot of the times that I have experienced unwanted sex it was there was just a lot of confusion. Yeah. But this is why your tactic of over communicating is really important but people yeah. say that that blows the mood.
1: It, and I guess and that's the, that it, it's, it makes me feel like I'm in this like weird limbo. It's like because if I don't communicate, then am I in a space where you didn't want it? But then when I do communicate, then I'm ruining it. You know, I ruined the moment. Like, how do we transpire into this? Like, it's this awkward approach. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be awkward. No. You know, it doesn't have to be awkward. Like, we agree to this, then we can continue into foreplay and things of that nature. But if it's just me pushing up on you and that's not what your mood is, like, <laughs> to me, it's just, I, I, uh, I've had too many, I've tried
0: The safest sex I have had was in a relationship with someone who allowed that awkwardness Um, because sometimes sex is awkward. We like to believe because of porn or because of movies. that It's like this thing (laughs) that, you know, you just go into and it becomes this like, you know, scene and all oh, it's just like this perfect experience but sex can be really awkward and you have and i was with someone who allowed that awkwardness so that we could figure out how to best enjoy it and we had great sex because of that and i it's felt the best. safe i felt like yeah. you know if i don't like something i feel comfortable telling him i don't like it and it was a perfect environment for, for me and it's, removing that that it it's removing it that is. veil it is it is it's so interesting though that it, the media has really changed the way that we see or has really um, shaped the way that we see sex because people question what feels real versus what they've seen. And it's like, Oh, if I don't do it this way, I'm not doing it right. And that might be a part of the reason why we don't recognize the signs of assault, why we don't recognize when someone's taking liberties with our body that we don't want them to, because we've seen it happen before. And it's like, Oh, I'm supposed to be doing this. And there are no supposed to's in sex other than yeah. I'm supposed to enjoy it and I'm supposed to honor your body and mine.
1: And the thing about it is people don't, people people think I'm supposed to enjoy this, but they don't think, am I enjoying it? Am
0: I enjoying it? Because if, if I'm not, I'm not.
1: If I'm not enjoying it, what she likes is what she likes in that if I don't like that, I don't like that. Like, I think people need to acknowledge and make be aware of, like, what somebody else prefers to do. Is that something that I like to do? Or, like, if that doesn't feel comfortable for me, I don't. Because we get caught up in that, like, well, am I supposed to like this? Like, for example, yeah some guys may not like to be penetrated in a gay relationship. Yeah. Like, they may not like that like and to each his own if you don't want if you want somebody that is and you can find somebody that will suit your needs but like there are things that people you can't force that like if that's somebody doesn't want that you got to either deal with it or go somewhere else with somebody that's consensually wanting to do that and Mm. i think that people need to realize like it's okay to walk away
0: it is i i'm i'm As I have this conversation more, I think it starts to seep into my brain. Um, And I I pretty much made a decision not to have sex again until I can stand firmly in that um because I think it's happened to me way more times than it should have mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that and I'm not I'm not trying to put my business on front street but I yeah. I wish that someone would have had this conversation with me when I was younger I wish that I had known someone who had gay sex when I was starting out because yeah. someone could have warned me about these things you know but because I found out about sex I, it was this thing I kind of stumbled through as an adult and you know I had been watching porn way longer than I had been having sex I really just didn't know like I just I just didn't yeah um and I didn't feel comfortable talking to anyone about it um short of how to best enjoy it like oh try this so this might be fun and try that that might be fun but there was never really a conversation with me and anyone else about you know prior to me talking to my friends about what is appropriate and what is not appropriate and where your power lies mm-hmm. when you're having sex, how you can maintain your power versus letting someone take it from you.
1: You also have to have people around you that are able to have that conversation, and yeah. that's the thing that I didn't realize. I did a lot of it by myself. I didn't have people that was that were able to like process these. I didn't have gay friends to process these conversations Ooh. with, exactly, or to do or to talk about. And then also, once you do develop relationship with like men that like men or gay men understanding if they're going to judge you you mm. know, for being in relationship, hooking up and things like that. Because to be transparent, there are niggas that will judge, that will be like, oh my God, like, you know, and that you got to sur- figure out who you can, you know, talk and confide. Because some people can pressure you too also yes. in the other space of like, girl, do what you got to do. Like, you need, you got to itch you out to scratch, do that. You don't like it. Well, this is just a phase. And then there's also people like, oh, you just doing this too much. Like, com- is you got to really figure out who you can trust to help you. If this is something that you do not want to be in, help you out of, like help you not out of, because it sounds like <laughs> something else, but like help you figure out ways and um, things that can help you feel more comfortable in the space where you are your most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it is, it is something that people, it's, it's a very awkward thing. And we need to. it process. is. <laughs> and but I like, laugh. Yeah.
0: Unnecessary awkwardness. Like, and it honestly, like what isn't awkward? Like what is not awkward when you're in a when you're in something with someone else? I mean, you have you have to think about it. We have to have hard conversations with people we love, our parents, our friends, you know, um, our bosses our boyfriends, our girlfriends, our partners. And that shit can be awkward. So why would sex be like, you know, different? Why would that- People
1: don't want to have those things. And that's the, people do not want to have those awkward conversations. People do Mm -hmm. not want to face the realities of certain things. People do not want to be their rawest, their their most rare, their most rawest form because it's, it's evoking so many things. So instead, it's let's leave things unspoken or let's like go with the flow. And it's like, no, we can't just go with the flow. You know, like things need to be, I think it's also during like sex and all that, you are both vulnerable. You both are like literally completely naked. You yeah. know, you're letting this person into you and becoming one with you. And it's like, it has to be, that's going to be awkward because you all are flesh to flesh.
0: Depending on your history with yeah. um, with consent and sexual assault, some people are numb to sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the way you said earlier, if they're using it, um, um, and this is usually sub- subconsciously, if they're using it to deal with trauma, it not, it isn't necessarily a vulnerable experience. It's going through emotions and yep. going with this person for whatever reason. And you're just there, they're having sex with you. Um, and then, you know, it's over and you, you leave.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but
1: That's even awkward to me.
0: No, of course. Like who? I mean, if people were aware of these things, they probably wouldn't, more than likely, they wouldn't want to have those experiences. But you don't really know when you're doing it. Yeah. Like nobody's like, yeah, I hate this right now and I'm just doing it because, you know, I've got trauma. It's typically like, you know, I'm here. I've done this before and this ain't my first rodeo. You know, we're back at it. This is what sex is like. And you forget it until someone tells you. Or you don't know until someone tells you, and then you're yeah. like, "Well, oh, shit." No, and that's worse. Like some people don't know they're victims, or excuse me, some people don't know that they're survivors until some they're talking Somebody about the experience. And it's like, yeah. oh, the definition of that is sexual assault. Yeah, and you're like, "Whoa, I've been sexually assaulted." Like, that's the hard and, thing too. Is like recognize,
1: like afterwards recognizing and now like recollecting all of these encounters that you've had that yes. weren't kind of quote unquote consensual. Yeah, I was like, wow, I've like been in these spaces and didn't even <laughs> like recognize that
0: you it's it's horrifying and it is sobering mm. and and then it's just perplexing. It's like how many people are being how many people are being disrespected or assaulted and they just don't know. And like, is it our responsibility to tell them that they have been? Because you don't want to victimize anyone either. You don't want to put someone in a position to feel you like, don't. you know, like now they're in a negative headspace because they've gone and reevaluated every interaction they've yeah. had sexually and found and found out that a lot of them were. But also like you deserve to know yeah. and free yourself from anything that is holding you back. I think make I think
1: just asking a person like, how did you feel in that moment? Mm. It's like a key or a helpful thing like if they say that they didn't feel it like have a problem or they were okay
0: yeah like
1: you it was consensual but if you are like mm, really wasn't feeling that but it, shit happens it's like okay
0: yeah that was the approach that I was taking honestly whenever I found that happening it was usually that it was like it wasn't like uh I loved it or it wasn't like I hated it it was like I didn't really like it but I mean like you know, this is a natural part of it. Like, you know, you're going to have sex you don't love and you're going to move about your business. Yeah, that <laughs> it is <isn't laughs> a natural. It's, and it's not necessarily like, I didn't love it or like, well, I didn't necessarily like, I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't, I wasn't it's thrilled. like on a scale of like to
1: a hundred, I'm like, <laughs> let me give you like 70. Let me say I'm above <laughs> really, average. Right. But it's like, yeah, but like I really not, wanted to
0: do it. I didn't want to do it. But because I wasn't here, I wasn't like, ah, I really don't want to do this. It was just like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's
1: a thing. It's complex. It's very, very, very very, very complicated. But the most important thing is actually having the conversation, regardless of what it is, um, having the conversation and you being aware of what's happening, um, just not surrendering, um, and understand that's a very challenging thing to do in certain spaces, but just like, I think having the conversation and also like, when you are hooking up understanding um, that this is something that you want to do, this is something that's Mm -hmm. not like something that you are regretting um, and also being safe, like that. I think that's the only thing that you can do if for yourself, enjoying it and also making sure you're safe because if you're not enjoying it and you're not safe, Let's have the conversation after. <laughs> Let's have that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do we do? Like, what's
0: up? In that article that I read in Guardian, they made a really good point, point. Um, and I'll I'll use it to as we wrap up this conversation. It was that there aren't a lot of elders um, to sort of walk us through our experiences, um, so that we can look out for those things. So I'm I'm really interested in finding out how to facilitate how to facilitate this conversation in the gay community as we move forward. Cause we are talking a lot about, um, you know women's relationships to sex and sexual assault but I'm really interested in and in having more conversations about this as it pertains to the gay community and more specifically our tribe and gay black communities. Yeah. So how how are ways do you think we can engage this socially without like, cause obviously you're not gonna be sitting at a, you know, a bar talking about sexual assault, yeah. right?
1: I, well, I even think about it, I have to also consider this is some people's life um, way of living, um, sex work. So yes. I, always, I also even consider like, it's not even that I have to enjoy it at this point. It's, am I going to eat tonight? Mm. Um, but I think having, creating a, a, a an actual safe space or creating a space um, where men who love men or men in the LGBTQ plus or gay men are able to be, As candid, candid yet very, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Like, candid but secure in that conversation. I Mm -hmm. think, like, just reminding of the fundamentals of like what's happening is like just really checking in with yourself, or just having those conversations where we are reengaging with who we are. Having Mm -hmm. those, making those conversations of reflection. I think that's the most important thing because at the end of the day, you it's your body. It's your it's your life it's you in these situations but really teaching us the principles of reflection and the importance of knowing when I when I deserve more or when I deserve not that I think that's the conversation like consistently creating spaces for reflection um, and open dialogue so that others can cultivate their own opinions yet still um, not feel like somebody's like coming at them like you're doing this wrong or you' you shouldn't be doing that yeah. I, that's the first thing.
0: I would like to see more of our LGBTQ plus platforms have this conversation or initiate conversation about it as well. I think they've done a really good job lately about trying to have more conversations about safe sex, but that's as it pertains to um, STIs or um, HIV. Um, and we don't necessarily talk about it in like physical safety. So I would like to see more initiatives across Jacked or Grindr or, um, even on, you know, the networks, um, just anybody who focuses on LGBTQ life. I'd like to, for for us to have more conversations about consent, because I feel like if we start having that in media, right. Like in a grand scheme of way that might trickle down into people's personal conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want more people to talk to each other, ultimately, about consent, about what it has looked like for them, about what it hasn't looked like for them. And I want more people to be aware of how they can enjoy sex um, and how they can stop unwanted yeah. sex mm-hmm. if they are already having trouble with that. That that was my whole point of wanting to have this conversation today. Whether people hear this or not, we've done it, right? Like, mm-hmm. And I would like to do it more in some other way. I'll probably sit down and try to figure out ways that I can do that. But yeah. I want to... I want to challenge other sources of media. Um, and Yeah, I want them to have more conversations. We can talk oh, offline. Okay. We can talk
1: offline. I definitely can think of an idea.
0: We need an initiative. Like, I, I, this is for our health. This is yeah. for like our survival. So it's important that more of us have this conversation. I only found about three or four articles about this. Like, I was trying to find studies. And there aren't that many of them. There just aren't. We talk all the time about how much sex we have. We talk all the time about how to prepare for sex, what to best use for sex. We talk about toys. We talk about HIV and AIDS and we talk about chlamydia and gonorrhea. We just don't talk about what happens when you no longer want this experience. Mm -hmm. What happens when, when consent changes in the middle of sex? What happens when you're in a relationship with someone you don't want to have sex with them? What does that look like for gay men? What happens when you're at a bathhouse and you don't want to engage with someone in sex, you know, with someone there? We just have to have more of those conversations.
1: We do. Thank you for, so, for having this conversation. Um, Thank you. <laughs> we have this platform. I really appreciate you having this dialogue on Twitter and then bringing it here. Because yeah. um, it was well-deserved. And I think we talked, we hit on a lot of things that, we can dive deeper in into n- other conversations, or and you know invite people in. This conversation is never going to stop. But I really just want to say thank you for that. You, you my girl. <laughs> <laughs> How you <grow> <laughs> and your girl. You girl. Um, if that is the we, yeah, I think that is the... yeah. Um, before, so,
0: like yeah. I, I do on a close. I didn't want to close did, it. Yeah, break, I didn't want to close break. it, sis. Um, no, you're, you're fine. I do want to encourage everyone to, I mean, if you guys want to say anything to us about this, um, I do want you guys to send us an email. Of course, we'll put our social media at the end mm-hmm. of this um, episode. Um, but I want you guys to really advocate for yourselves as much as you can. Um, this happens in so many uh, different spaces in the military. Um, it happens in, you know, it happens spousal. Assault or whatever um, yeah. happens in relationships, that happens in families, and, and you know we always we talk about this often. So I just want everyone to be unafraid. Just take the step to talk to someone about it. Um, you can also reach out to the National Sexual Assault Hotline. The number is one eight hundred six five six four six seven three. I'll read that again: one eight hundred six five six four six seven three and uh regarding the military for rain it's eight zero zero six five six as well four six seven three
1: thank you Um, you're
0: welcome so i thought there was gonna be different numbers and then (laughs) it's It's hope (laughs) so the difference is like that four six seven three is spells hope so that's why i thought really yeah i was looking right at it and it was like one eight hundred six five six
1: yes yeah um well, thank you very much for the conversation. Thank, well, we have this, so you know, thank you for that. It's so awkward, <laughs> but if you would like to continue the conversation with me and Devin on our platforms, you can hit me up um, at on my Instagram and Twitter at underscore Lord Every. That is underscore L O L O R D E V E R Y on Instagram and Twitter.
0: You guys can hit me up on Instagram at Derwin King, that's D-E-R, W-I-N-K-I-N-G, and on Twitter at Free Negro, that's F R. E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-X.
1: And if you would love to continue the conversation on our podcast platform, um, you can hit us up at ThatBlackBoyJoy on Instagram and Twitter. And if you would like to have the conversation or be a guest on the show, you can hit us up at our Gmail at ThatBlackBoyJoyPodcast at gmail.com. I do believe it's probably changed to at that black boy joy but if it's not it is at that black boy joy at gmail.com and with that also um please check us out on youtube as well all of our audio um we have visuals attached and they will be up on our youtube um which is that black boy joy um yeah because y'all know
0: y'all want to see our facial you want
1: to see our facial expressions especially the hot topics draw. um but like i always say please be so in love with who you are and have a great day everyone bye I'm 'bout the bad boy.